Hey guys, Jeff here for Techie Bytes. This is episode number three. We're going to be doing an interview today with Kevin Raposo, the founder and editor of No Techie and also a media relations guy at EZPR. So enjoy. So here I'm, I'm with Kevin Raposo, a media relations guy at EZPR and also the founder and editor of No Techie, a tech site publication that I've been following for a while. Uh, especially since its name is very similar to my site. Um, I have to ask just right off the bat, Kevin, is that, was, did that influence you at all? Because I don't think I really knew you that well until after yeah. you kind of launched the site. Yeah, I don't think we knew each other <laughs> at all. And um, honestly, when coming up with the name No Techie, uh, I didn't uh, come across Best Techie. So it wasn't something that came up across my radar. But, you know, obviously being best techie, you're still the best. And, you know, no one's going to take that. <laughs> That's very kind of you. That's very kind of you. So, <laughs> so, 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 oh, I appreciate you being on. Uh, tell me a little bit about who you are. You know, obviously you work uh, media relations at EZPR, uh, which uh, Ed Zitron, who, uh, great guy, has built a great public relations firm over there. Uh, and also you started a, a, a tech site, as we just mentioned, um, tell me, tell me about, you know, your day to day, what you're, you know, what are, what are you working on at EZPR and what are you, uh, what are you doing with no techie? Yeah. So essentially at heart, you know, I'm just a guy from Boston. Um, you know, I got my start, you know, working in tech by uh, working at a little startup based out of Cambridge. They've grown to become a national firm today. And, uh, you know, I left there looking for new obstacles and challenges and um, came across Ed Zetron and uh, started working with him at EZPR and, uh, you know, basically changed everything from there. Um, you know, one of the reasons why I started No Techie was because that, you know, to be a better PR guy, you need to know what, you know, journalists go through on a day-to-day -day basis. So I thought it would be a good idea to start No Techie and see how it was working, you know, starting a media news website. So, um, I quickly found that after right. you get to be you get to be the one who gets pitched as opposed to the the being the pitcher you're the pitchy exactly exactly <laughs> so you know i figured after a couple of months that like you know man there's a lot of bad pr people out there and uh and also like you know it's it's really hard to run a tech news website but um yeah you know essentially my day-to-day -day is you know i spend a, a couple hours every morning working on the techie editing stuff from my writers and things like that, posting to the site. And then usually at around like 10 o'clock in the morning, I'll switch gears to my PR job and um, uh, start working that angle. Nice. So, so, so you've been working with, uh, with Ed at Easy PR for how long now? How many years? It's been, it's been almost five years now. I would say. Wow. It's been about four and a half years. Yeah, now. And it's also and like how long have you been Texas, but I don't know. That's what I was going to say. I, that's what I thought. I thought it has been around five years for No Techie as well. So that, that that's pretty awesome. That's congratulations on that. That's a, that's Thank a good you. run so far. <laughs> yeah, it's really great to work. Um, yeah, it's really great to work at a great agency and and also be run by one of the best PR people in the industry. So that's what keeps me going every day. Right. Nice. So tell me a little bit about how you know why you decided to build No Techie in the first place, and and then I want to get into at some you know at some point. Um, talking about challenges building a tech publication today, uh, even five years ago when you started it. Uh, and let's, uh, you know, we'll dive into tips, tricks, and things that we've learned along the way. I think that could be really useful. 
Yeah, totally. I mean, one of the reasons why I started No Techie was uh, working at that startup. I I started working in PR and I was self-taught and, you know, no one really uh, showed me the ropes. And a lot of these uh, tech news websites where I was visiting, you know, they're great. They also uh, they provided great news, great scoops, things like that. But for the most part, a lot of these articles were insanely long. And, and I'm like, it shouldn't take me five minutes to read something that I can get news in about 15, 20 seconds. So the idea behind Otechi was to start something up that could actually break down the news in about 200, 300 words and provide a link at the bottom with additional reading sources that, you know, if people want those long reads, they can find them and read them. Right. So that was one of the main reasons of so starting. Yeah, in, in a way, that's kind of like the, uh, that's kind of what Axios is doing with hard, you know, regular kind of political and hard news um, these days. Uh, you know, they've kind of taken your model for tech, but just kind of applied it towards political news and, and, and general news. Yeah, they're doing tech too, and they're doing it great. I love Axios. That's true. They also they also are doing tech. That's right. My, my mistake. <laughs> I missed. Them. I love the format. They do, and they have a great really they have cool. a great tech team over there. Actually, it's true. Yeah, they do. They have a solid tech team over there. Um, but it's really great. I mean, like, especially for political news. It's like, imagine like reading like two thousand words on something Donald Trump did when you can go on Axios and read about like twenty words of all the juicy stuff and. In one quick sentence, you know, I think there's right. value. And, and, and you leave, you leave feeling like you, you know what's going on. That's the whole point. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like, like, they break so it it's, down. it's not, it's not, it's not just that it's short and easy and quick to read. It's, it's also like, it's also, it's also, uh, all encompassing of the, the facts that you would need to know. It, it, it has everything, you know, the, all the, the, the main juicy bits, if you will, that you need, uh, without kind of the fluff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, uh, and by the numbers, man, it's, it's working really well for them. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think Axios is, it's, it's, it's definitely one of my favorite sites lately. Um, I, I think that what they built over there is actually, again, very, very powerful. I, I like, I don't actually subscribe to any of their newsletters, but I always, I'm going to the site, um, just because like, a, they break, they've been breaking a lot of news. They have a lot of exclusives, <laughs> so they have a lot of good scoops. But also, B, you know, like, like we were just talking about, they they they've developed a formula. Um, I feel like for for you know, short to the point. You know, here's what you need to know. Get in, get out. You know, but come back to us. Type of uh, mentality with their content. Exactly. I really do. I really do enjoy it. And they're one of the websites. Like, if they had started a paywall, I would totally pay for it. Hmm. What do you, speaking of paywalls and websites that you would pay for, what do you think about Business Insider? They have their whole Prime section. I think we've discussed yeah. this on Twitter in the past. And you were telling me basically just 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 use the reading mode on like Safari and like you can get through. Yeah, it really works. Which uh, it really works. <laughs> it does work. I tried it and it. I, I was yeah. actually I was thinking I was I'm surprised. I when you first said that to me, I, I was I was thinking like, there's no way this is gonna work. Like yeah, it, too easy. It, it just shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. It's it's way too easy, but it works, and I it I, and they, I have to imagine that they know about it, but I just don't know why. You know, I don't know. Essentially, uh, if you're going to have a paywall, you should at least kind of enforce it. Don't you? Do you agree with that? <laughs> I totally agree. I totally agree. That's like paywall 101, I guess. But like, I kind of feel like now I'm at the point where like it's kind of dangerous to tell people about this little trick that I discovered, and like, and now like these companies 
or these uh, sites and publishers are going to find out what we've been doing and they're actually going to put a paywall on the reader mode too. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's, that's true. One, but I also think, I also feel like they have to know by at this point, they, there's just no way that like you, I mean, look, you and I, we probably spend hours just scouring our analytics for information. There's just no way that they wouldn't know. And like, they probably have other tools that they're using to, to, to kind of see on site uh, actions and whatnot. I just I just I find it hard to believe though. that they don't know. Imagine if they didn't though. That'd be like one of the biggest like <laughs> greatest things of all time. That would that would that would be a big that would be a that would be a, a big big boo boo. Um if they if It would they, be like the Google truck. Aware of it. It would be like right, the Wall Street like Journal. Right. With the Wall Street Journal essentially and for those who don't know, if you could you could basically paste the link into Google and then and search it and then click on it from the Google results and you could you could view the article without being a subscriber. And that was the case for a long time. They've actually since buttoned up their their paywall and you can't do that anymore. Yeah, they're pretty tight on their paywall so, now. Also, Washington yeah. Post doesn't um, reader mode doesn't work on the Washington Post. So it's obvious that like, yeah. you know, publishers do knew about it, do know about it. Uh, right. Washington Post is really strict with their paywall. They are, you know, I, I actually subscribe to the Washington Post now um, as well. And the reason I do that is because Jeff Bezos owns it and he's made it so easy to bundle it with your Amazon account. Yeah. So like, I just, I just say, all right, yes, I want the Washington Post and it's just part of my Amazon basically. And it's like, it's not even th something you think about. It's actually a pretty clever uh, tactic. It makes sense. It, like it totally makes sense. Like for like people like, that enjoy consuming the Washington Post. By the way, uh, by the way, the Washington Post is great. It's a great publication. Everyone should go read it. They're doing great journalism over there. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's I, totally they convenient. Really are. Yeah, they really are. They're killing it. But what about what about so what about challenges you've kind of faced over the years, over the past five years? And, and what like has there been any challenge in, or challenges that are you know that have come up uh, when you know trying to grow your site? Yeah, so one of the like biggest challenges was um, first starting the website was you know I wasn't the best writer you know um, that was like one of the reasons why I wanted to start this too was to become a better writer and, and um, in the beginning it was like really like half-assed I mean like I, I didn't have any I like I didn't have anyone proofreading my work editing my work things like that so like in the beginning it was like kind of bare bones uh, so that was the biggest. Like, I, I just have so, to interject for one second here. Only because have you seen the early writings uh, on BT? <laughs> because, no, I have because I started this site <laughs> when like I was mine. thirteen years old. I was thirteen years old <laughs> and I started blogging, and 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 it, it's frankly it's embarrassing. But all, but like even even when I even when I launched uh, with WordPress in two thousand and six, that even that content I was I was older obviously, but even that I was in high school. Even that content, if you compare it to stuff I've written today, it's just like night and day difference. But yeah, but yeah, like it's it's I I, I get what you're saying about the the writing thing, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, talk it's, about it's how certainly interesting to see is? how you evolve. Yeah, you're like the OG of like tech blogs. I, I know, I know. I really, I really <laughs> kind of am. I mean, I'm not to brag about it or anything, but I pretty much am. <laughs> The OG of tech. The only other tech blog at the time, I believe, that launched when when BT launched was Read Write Web, which isn't even around anymore. It's just called Read Write now, but it's it's gone down the drain. 
and they're like essentially like a brand uh, publication now. They like do brand journalism. Right. But anyway, yeah. back to what you were saying. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, one of the biggest challenges was, yeah, you know, was content, you know, getting enough content out when you're just a one man job. It's really hard to pump out, you know, posts as much as what these other guys are doing. And uh, that was a huge challenge. And knowing what to write about, knowing what uh, people wanted to read, things like that. That was a huge challenge, so you know, how- getting you know, that you actually wrote up for a blog. That was a challenge. Right. No, no, yeah, absolutely. That's one of the key challenges that most people face, I would imagine. Uh, you know, I definitely faced it. Um, what kind of what kind of things did you do to kind of to, to clear that hurdle um, to, to to kind of figure out what people were interested in um, or. And, and really just to, to, to fo- you know, how did you end up focusing your content? Yeah, I really started looking at the, at the analytics of it. I mean, like when I first started, I was, you know, relying on like a Jetpack pl- uh, plugin that would tell me how many views I would get to a certain page, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. at, my pre- at my previous job, I was familiar with Google Analytics. I mean, uh, a guru or anything like that, but I know how to get myself around. And um, I had applied some of those skills into you know, Techie in the beginning and started finding that, you know, this post, I uh, got a lot of traffic versus this posted in, and I would uh, tailor into that. Also, another uh, huge thing I was going into was uh, seeing what uh, seeing what other publications were doing and what was working for them. And I would kind of piggyback off that. And uh, but then I realized essentially that you know SEO was going to be a big player for Onteki. So I I started figuring out you know big, uh, major keywords, things like that, things that people actually wanted to figure out you know, new tricks that they wanted to do on their Android phone, things that they wanted to do on their Mac, keyboard shortcuts like that. And I figured, and I found that those posts really got a lot of traffic. Um, not all in one day, but over a month span, I would find that they would garner a good amount of traffic and eyes. So I applied right. that. No, absolutely. How to, yeah, how to content does, does really well on BT as well. Uh, it's one of those things that it's, it's not like, a, it's not like a huge spike. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a long tail, long game type of thing where it consistently gets traffic month o- month over month, um, and and because it's useful. And and I think one of the other things that we're seeing uh, lately is how Facebook has kind of brought, you know, degraded paid, you know, the pay, you know, publishers' pages, if you will, by showing their content to less people because they're focusing more on family and friends and whatnot. Um, yep. And Google has kind of taken up the mantle again in terms. I saw a recent, uh, I saw some recent data that Google has is driving more traffic to publishers now than Facebook is. Yeah, I just saw that as well. That was, that was really interesting because it's really interesting that uh, Facebook didn't really generate that much traffic to Techie in the first place, even mm-hmm. before these algorithm changes and things like that. So, and that all depends on the size of your page on Facebook as well. So like, you know, I wasn't really relying on Facebook for traffic. Uh, so to see that Google was actually giving publishers back that traffic, it didn't really surprise me. No. Yeah, absolutely. And I, th- I, I personally, I'm a fan of AMP, Google's AMP um, pages over Facebook uh, pages, uh, the Facebook oh, the instant uh, articles. Yeah. The quick instant articles. Yeah. I probably want to like, 
It's weird because I probably run across like five of those. <laughs> yeah, like well, the thing is, many publishers are all are are, be, are not using it anymore. Really, they've kind of stopped using it. Um, yeah, there's only much. a handful left because they they didn't monetize as well. You 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 would make more money getting people directly on your site, and if you can focus on making your site fast, which I think is another key to succeeding, especially today having a super fast mm-hmm. site. Um, then there's really no need for instant uh, pages, instant articles. Uh, whereas with exactly. AMP, Google AMP, that actually you you rank better in Google if you use AMP. Um, mm-hmm. So there's that benefit. There's an actual benefit to using Google AMP. Um, whereas on Facebook, they're not going to promote your page unless you pay for it. So you know what's the point? Yep, and also ads too. Like uh... right. I definitely want someone reading an Otechie article on Otechie.com as opposed to Facebook.com. Um, so that was one of the major reasons why I never signed up for instant articles for Otechie as well. Right. Yeah, I, I tested it out, but I, again, I, it didn't last very long. It wasn't something that, that was really working well for me, especially uh, it, it, with the, the size of my page and stuff. It just, it just was, it didn't make sense. It wasn't worthwhile. Um, but, but I have stuck with Google AMP because that I found to be worthwhile. Uh, and yeah. I would, lo- I would like to have some more control over my AMP uh, pages. And I know that they're, you know, between WordPress working on the project and also Google, obviously, because it's theirs, uh, they are building out, you know, more features and functionality that you'll be able to, you know, uh, get onto the page and support more kind of tech, you know, on-page technologies that you can that you can use, but while keep while still keeping it, you know, fast. And uh, so yeah, that's, absolutely. That's whole, obviously, that's the whole goal. I got a great recommendation so, for the uh, for a WordPress yeah. plugin for the best tech key listeners if they're you know, interested in getting some uh, control of their AMP pages on the WordPress. There's um go for it. Stock, yeah. There's a stock one called Automatic. Uh, one from Automatic, just people who make WordPress. Um, but there's a better one that's out there. It's called AMP for uh, WP. Um, it's one of the best ones out there. It's free. Uh, you can put ads on your stuff. You can, uh, design the page yourself, drag and drop, or you can just use one of their preset themes. It's, uh, it's great. I use it. No tech uses it. We love it. And, uh, if you're looking for something uh, more than the default one, I highly recommend checking it out. Nice. I'm going to, I'm going to check that out. I use one, um, that I thought was pretty good. Although they haven't really updated it a ton lately. It was by a company called Page Frog. Um, mm, okay. Uh, and, and it has similar types of functionality to what you just discussed, but it hasn't really been updated. So I'll definitely going to take a look at uh, at uh, AMP for WP. Uh, for yeah, it's really itself. good. Nice, cool recommendation, man. Um, so what about what about what about other like kind of tips or tricks in, uh, in terms of mon- or, or even monetization tips? Um, when it comes to, you know, building and, and, and running a website, anything that, you know, that, 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 you know, your top kind of, this is a must have or must do, uh, Absolutely. When you launch a site or yeah. When you launch a site, it's going to be really hard to monetize it off the start. You know, um, in order to monetize your site, you're going to need visitors. Um, so it's, it's going to really be hard to monetize your site right off the rip, unless, you know, you've got some really good, um, media buys in place or a sponsorship right off the rip. Um, but that rarely happens unless, you know, you're from a known, you know, media outlet, things like that. Um, so first steps first is always getting readers and audience to your page first. 
Um, from there, um, obviously, you want to start putting some Google AdSense. That's your first source of uh, revenue. Uh, at first, it's not generally going to uh, get too much until you get more visitors to your site. Um, but another great go-to for me is definitely affiliate marketing or affiliate posts, things like that, affiliate links, things like that. Uh, for those of you who don't know what affiliate links are, it's basically um, if you sell something, if you refer a link on Amazon or product on Amazon, if someone buys that product, um, you get a certain cut of the sale. Um, so that was, that's probably one of the biggest driving factors for Ontaki in terms of revenue is, is affiliates. Um, we do affiliate our partnerships with Best Buy, Amazon, Target, uh, you, uh, usually just the major online retailers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, w- I would totally say that's probably like one of your go-tos. I, 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 I'd agree with that. Um, affiliate marketing and affiliate sales have definitely been a huge driver for revenue for BT as well over the years. Um, mm-hmm. Even finding a, like a piece of software or multiple pieces of software that you can recommend consistently in, in, in articles and in, in, in your content, you can drive a lot of sales that way. Um, and also, like you mentioned, Amazon, you can basically basically make money off anything you sell uh, on Amazon um, through, through a link on your site. And that's great because the cookie stays on the computer as well. So sometimes I'll, sometimes like I'll log into my affiliate dashboard. I'm sure you get the same thing where you see like the most random like purchase that someone made. You don't know who made it or, you know, anything, but you just see like they bought like this weird product and you're like, who the hell bought this? Exactly. <laughs> because because exactly. they clicked on a link. They clicked on a link on your site uh, that goes to Amazon and then they, they may have not bought the product that you linked to, but they were on Amazon yep. and they bought something else. Yeah, I've seen some really crazy purchases and like, like in terms of things like I have no how, like no idea like how these people got there to make that purchase. Uh, <laughs> I swear to God, one of the purchases was the flashlight on Amazon, and that serious? was probably a little. <laughs> I swear crazy. to God, <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, so it's really cool. So you get a twenty-four hour cookie. So even if they don't buy your product and you know they buy something the next day within that twenty-four hour window, yeah, you get a, a certain cut, and that's. It's really great and it's, uh, it can generate a lot of revenue. There's posts and reviews that I've done from like three years ago and, and I still see people buying that product based off one of my reviews from two or three years ago. So um, right. it's one of those things that can drive revenue. If you have a post that's two years old and you've recommended a product two years old, are there still people buying it today off your recommendation? And, and, it, and it makes sense that you get a cut out of it too. So. Yeah, absolutely. It really is kind of, like I said before, I think it really is a long kind of a long game. Um, you know, if you're going to build a site and you're looking to monetize it um, various different ways, uh, you know, it, it is a long game. It's not something that's going to happen instantly for most people, at least through ads. Um, but developing, uh, you know, a reputation as a site that can be trusted is obviously of critical importance as it allows you then to leverage that trust to, you know, monetize in, in various ways, such as affiliate, affiliate links. Yeah, totally. So one of the other interesting things, uh, speaking of, of monetization, uh, that's been, that's been, uh, uh, going on lately. And I know John Biggs over at TechCrunch, who we both know, uh, personally, um, has been on this crusade about, um, people who are, 
paying uh or paying people to place links on sites essentially yeah um now i'd love to get your take on this whole uh this whole thing he basically wrote this article in TechCrunch recently about and i'll just give some brief background about how someone approached him about buying a link uh on 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 harvard.edu because harvard apparently started a free blog um system using wordpress i would imagine um that essentially uh anyone with a harvard uh email address or some other couple other email addresses that that are that qualified uh could create a harvard blog uh account and somehow this seo person this guy who started this seo business obtained one of these email addresses and was offering John the ability to, to buy a link on harvard.edu. So naturally, John, in all his John glory, decided to write a post about it on TechCrunch <laughs> and expose him. So he did that. <laughs> um, and and I, I, I get where John's coming from here. Um, but I also have a slightly different viewpoint um, as well. But I, I, but you know, I'd love to hear what you think, uh, Kevin, in terms of the like the 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 rights. You know, is it right? Is it wrong? Is it you know? Is it's the kind of a gray? Yeah. Area? What do you think? Yeah, this is the dark side of the internet era. This is like essentially the dirty side of the business. This is, has been going on for God since the creation of SEO, since search engine optimization. Um, yeah, this has been going for a long time. Um, it's you know it's bad you know people are placing these links in these articles so they can rank a certain page that they're linking within these articles to rank higher in google search engines it's essentially all it is it's not any form of advertising or things like that i mean in a sense it is some sort of advertising but um it's been going on for a while it's bad it's um especially when you're doing it on reputable sites and and trustworthy sites as something as Harvard EDU, things like that. Um, the people at TechCrunch, everyone gets these emails, you know, where they want to insert a link in one of your articles. You know, I get them. I get them all the time. And uh, sure, I mean, it's it's deceptive. It's uh, it's not good. It's not good for your readers. It's not good for uh, it's not good to build trust, you know. And um, it it's happening more and more. And uh, there's a lot of these link builders, uh, these shady SEO groups that go out and uh, they pitch anyone. Like, they don't care who it is. Uh, they'll pitch John Biggs at TechCrunch. They'll pick Farhad Manju at the New York Times. Uh, they don't care. Um, and there's people accepting these and uh, they're getting money. And uh, and it's happening a lot. And uh, it's happening a lot at, at places you wouldn't think it's happening. It's, but uh, it's the nature of the beast and it's, it's probably going to be here for a long time. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't disagree with any of that. Uh, I, I do think that you know, one of the other things that these guys do is they, they look, they look at um, a, a site's uh, what they call DA or domain authority and and, and other kind mm -hmm. of SE, uh, and other kind of Moz details, um, and. And that's how they kind of determine what they're willing to pay as well. So like some sites you'll see have like really high price tags associated with them. Um, while others, you know, uh, and that could be like a thousand, two thousand dollars per per link, essentially, that they want you yep. to post. 
others could be a couple hundred others could be 50 or 20 you know dollars um it, it's definitely a, it's 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 definitely a, a rampant thing that's going on within this industry within the industry itself uh you know there and i think what it, what it comes down to is whether or not you know you want to um partake in in placing a link um i see i don't necessarily personally think that placing a particular link in an article is necessarily bad if it's relevant to the article and if the art and, and if you're going to place it that the article is a, a high quality article um, yeah see that's i kind I totally of differ agree. on oh, that yeah. I, I i in terms of i think john is is looking at it more of a black and white point of view i do think there is a kind of gray area that people can operate in um and 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 you know where where it can make sense for the site owner to to participate, but also, um, for, for you know from a from a monetary revenue standpoint, um, while also still, you know, not breaking the trust of of the of the audience. Absolutely. So like like so like for example, like you're saying, if someone provides you like a valuable resource, like a link to a valuable resource, and the person's like, hey, we'll throw you fifty bucks for the time. Uh, updating your article and you know giving the trust to your readers um yeah i totally see that as acceptable and uh as long as you're providing a value yeah. to your readers i think that's like like the biggest takeaway if it's something that's like deceiving them uh or things like that that's a little different but um yeah if you're actually providing a resource like there's actually link builders out there that actually you know build link it, uh, links to pages with actual valuable content without looking for any monitors or like any form of compensation or or the other way around um so yeah it's again it's if it's something that's providing a resource service i totally think that's fine and yeah i i i i do i do too i think i think you just have to be i think you have to be um careful about it but i also think you should you know you when you start a site if you or if you run a site and you're currently running one you know you have to determine you know where you draw the line you know when it comes to this kind of thing uh and you have to you know maintain your integrity you, and that's you know you consistently have to make sure you maintain your integrity and your site's integrity um because if you don't once you once you lose that integrity then then, then everything falls down and all the dominoes fall and, and you're in a bad place i agree i totally agree it's um yeah, you make a lot of sense there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, once you start seeing your site. Uh, yeah, it's like, and it works for like regular content too. It's just like even been like non-paid stuff, even like when you start uh, seeing a decline in the quality of your content, um, everything goes to the shits, you know? So it's um, yeah. accepting bad links, bad sponsored posts, things like that. Yep. It's uh, it's one of those things. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So let's, let's talk a little, I'm going to close up with a couple other things. Um, what's one thing that with no techie that you'd, that you'd like to see, you know, you'd like to see yourself do better on the site, let's say for this, this year, 2018. Yeah, I would love to have better editorial on my website. Like, um, I would love to probably like hire an editor or someone to have some editorial insight to help my writers more, um, in terms of crafting better stories, better direction, uh, in terms of interviewing sources, things like that. I think that would be great for the site. Um, and since we're getting older, we're, you know, gener um, 
or generating more revenue, probably wouldn't be a, a bad idea to invest a little more into the site in terms of uh, our content. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, content is key. Content is king, is what, as they say. Yeah, right? that's it. <laughs> Absolutely. We're not going to pivot to video. We're not going to. Uh, we're not going to pivot to paywalls. Um, but I think in terms right. of overall content, um, we actually made our page a little bit faster um, over the past couple of months. We've gotten our site page uh, flow faster. That's another big thing, um, especially if you're not like extremely like tech savvy on the web development front um, is getting your site speed up to to par. It's, right. uh, Absolutely. You know, it's, it, um, that's critical. It's critical. Especially since people are, are impatient. They don't want to wait around. Yeah. I mean, like, when's the last time you visited CNET's or, like, Forbes, like, websites? Like, it takes forever. <laughs> it's, uh, it's unbearable sometimes. But, yeah, so, the, like, that was another big thing. And, you know, I could always get it faster, too. So, that's another big thing I would like right. to get. So, um, I yeah. Actually, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because I actually just I just uh, implemented uh, Redis caching uh, Redis, or however you say it, on my server, um, in addition to the the uh, WP Rocket plugin that I use, which helps speed it up. And I've noticed it, it's actually, oh, it's all, just by implementing the new caching technology, uh, it's incre- it's already, it's incredible, it's already so much faster. And that's, and again, it's critical because people come to your site they don't want to wait around for it to load, and if, if your site loads slowly, you lost that visitor, Pro- most likely for good. Oh, can I add something else too? It's uh, another yeah, thing. Go ahead. Go right ahead. Security, uh, website security. God damn, we had our site uh, <laughs> um, by a Bitcoin miner. Um, he basically injected some malicious scripts into our code, um, and it was basically secretly mining, you know, Bitcoin off our visitors and like. I went to my website one day. It was only for like a couple of days, but um, I noticed our website was like really slow, really, really slow. So I was looking at the scripts that were on my website and uh, found this random, this random script. So we actually um, contracted Security, uh, which is a security company for like our WordPress, um, specialized in WordPress sites. And um, we've been doing that. So like, We've been having to point our DNS over to their servers, so like we're going through their firewall. They also have a CDN. They have a caching system too. And that's one of the things that also helps with our, our site speed as well. But yeah, it's uh, that's another thing for new people that are starting a website is uh, is securing your website. That's a uh, that's a big thing because there's a lot of people out there that are able to hack a WordPress site with ease. It's it's not that hard. Um, so yeah, keep that in mind. <laughs> that's that's a good point. It's certainly certainly important to have, secure your site and make sure that you know uh other things to consider that you're not running random plugins uh and then if you're not running if you're not u- utilizing a plugin you have installed and activated deactivate it uh, and always make sure that your plugins are up to date and always make sure that wordpress is up to date uh two key two key things there as well exactly yeah so while we're not going to be pivoting to video i do want to pivot to a couple questions about pr um Ooh. So, so you, <laughs> so you, so you, so you obviously you, you work in PR every day along with running your site. Um, but let's, let's talk about PR pitches you've received currently, uh, to date. What do you have a particular, uh, you know, story or an example 
of, of a pitch you've gotten that was just just so bad that you just kind of cringed? But literally all of them. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> it's um one that I can try to think of off the top of my head. I'm trying to think here before we get to that one. But like, like for example, um, the past couple of weeks I've been getting these weird calendar invites from some PR company. And um, I would get them about twice a week, every day at around two o'clock. And um, it was really confusing. This was happening for about two weeks. I had to like, actually like go on Twitter and like call them out. And, and they were like, they had no idea what was going on. Um, other bad pitches That's are just good. like pitches that are just like, like a pitch shouldn't be 1200 words long. I'm looking at a pitch right now in front of me and it's literally like a 1200 word pitch. Um, like I, I, like I can't read this. I don't have the time to this. <laughs> like, um, right, right, right. No, abs- no, I, I get you. I think, and I agree with you on that, but a pitch should also not be zero words long, which is, exactly. I've, I've literally gotten, I've literally gotten <laughs> the pitches that are just press, a uh, press release attached to an email and they say, see press release attached. <laughs> and I'm like, or like, uh, what do I even know you? <laughs> <laughs> The, or like the best ones are like when it's like dear first name, like it's like clearly a mail merge, like all the fonts right, are like right. all different sizes. There's like yellow highlights for some w- weird reason in the pitch. Um, right. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of bad pitches out there. Um, advice for people who are writing pitches: keep it under 100 yeah, words. Let's hear that. Um, uh, don't use buzzwords. Speak to me like a human being. Um, like pretend like you're trying to explain something to your mother. That's probably the best way I could uh, tell you to write a pitch is uh, like buzzwords don't do anything. You're just basically saying, you know, you're saying a thousand nothing, things. Uh, yeah, you're saying literally <laughs> because you're saying, you're saying so many things. Well, you're, right, exactly, you're saying yeah. a thousand things, but it's really like saying nothing. Yeah, because you're saying so yeah. many different things. Yeah, it's just it's just keep it simple. Just think like a human being. Like like pretend you're talking to another human being. Yeah, it's uh, like don't try to be funny. Like. You know, if it calls for it, you know, do it. But just go, uh, be straight to the point. Don't waste their time because they're reading a hundred other of pitches. And if you can stand out with just being simple and like talking to them like a normal person, you're really going to see a lot of results. So keep that in mind. Nice, good advice. Now I want to to move into our lightning round and close this out. Kevin, again, thanks. Really appreciate you being on. So here's how the lightning round works. You ready, Kevin? The lightning round works like this. I give you two choices, this or that, and you have to pick uh, which one you prefer. So on the count of three, we're going to start. You ready? One, two, three. Twitter or Facebook? Twitter. Hulu or Netflix? Netflix. iOS or Android? iOS. Instagram or Snapchat? Instagram. Spotify or Apple Music? Spotify. And last but not least, best techie or no techie? Wow. (laughs) That's a trick question. You don't have to answer that one. (laughs) So... That was a good good one, though, right? I thought that would be a good one to end it on. Well, the answer's in the name, so... (laughs) <laughs> it's, always, yeah. it's always best techie <laughs> <laughs> awesome well thanks Kevin I really appreciate you being on our on the Techie Bytes podcast 
Uh, and I look forward to chatting with you online. If you have any questions for Kevin, where can they reach you? They can reach me at Kevin at notechie.com or they can uh, reach us out on the contact page at Notechie. Awesome. All right. Thanks again, Kevin. It was a pleasure being on. Thanks, Steph. Thanks for listening to Techie Bites. Stay tuned for more episodes every Tuesday with awesome interviews and conversations about technology and business. If you like what we're doing, please consider supporting the podcast at anchor.fm slash besttechie and or by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. Both ways help us greatly and are much appreciated. So thank you. Until next time, we'll see you. And remember, remember, take care of your computers.